Episode number 155 of Blast Points. This is Jason. This is Gabe. This week's episode, we're going into Uncharted Territory, an audio drama version of the world-famous Wookiee storybook. We're going to give it a shot. You know, in the tradition of the Star Wars radio dramas, the Wookiee storybook podcast drama. Maybe there'll be uh, deleted scenes from the script that weren't in the movie version. Biggs will show up. There was a whole half hour with Lumpy at Tashi Station talking to Fixer and Cammy. It never ended. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but first, is is there news? I don't know. Is there episode nine news? <laughs> Maybe somewhere. Just know where we can find it. <laughs> But who knows, with our luck, right, that nothing, there's no news today, but by the time this episode comes out, then there'll probably be, there'll be a, t- a trailer already or something. Two more Disney Plus shows will be announced. Knowing the luck we have, if we say there's no chance that an episode nine title or any more news will be coming anytime soon. Yeah, there's no chance. It's, it, it just, it can't happen. J.J. Abrams would never let that happen. Well, last week, John Boyega posted a picture from episode nine of like behind the scenes where his hands looked like all like dirty. And I swear there was like, like, like a drop of blood or something on his hands. And he posted great day working on set. The whole team pushed themselves today to achieve something visually crazy. I've had many moments of shock on set, but not like today. And I can't wait to let you know why. Hashtag FN 2187. 
that like got a lot of people think like what was this visually crazy thing they were doing on set with Finn and stuff but also we're getting to the end of January here and they're still filming it doesn't seem like they've been filming that long but they're definitely going late right if the movie's going to be out in December in the old days right there would be like at least a whole year of post-production if not more for a Star Wars movie and now they're still filming, and it's there's only it's only eleven months left from now. In the prequel days, we were watching hyperspace of somebody brushing a Wookiee's hair for two hours for a movie that didn't come out for another two years. Right, we got a George, a George Lucas select photo of someone holding an umbrella two years before the movie came out. The fact that since the beginning of August, all we got was that blurry Falcon picture. Maybe that's all they had. That's all they shot. Everything was blurry, and they had to start over. Like It seems like they've been filming for an eternity, but if you look at how long the other new era of Star Wars, Star Wars movies filmed, it's pretty similar. Like For example, Force Awakens filmed from May to November, but then that their situation was unique with the whole Harrison Ford injury and all that. That kind of threw a normal filming schedule out the window last jedi filmed from february 2016 to july 2016 which that you compare it that has kind of the same length of filming as nine has had so far but then it has last jedi had like a longer post-production time right because originally last jedi was going to come out in may 2017 and then got pushed back to december which is crazy to think back that that one got pushed back when there really wasn't any, there weren't any problems. I guess they just, to give it a little bit more breathing room and maybe because Force Awakens did so well over Christmas, they thought they would give Christmas another shot. Yeah, possibly. And you got to think too, if if they would have stuck with a May release, then it would have been May Last Jedi and then the next May Solo would have came out. So it would have been a full year from Last Jedi to Solo. So, so much forget about Rogue One would have just been six months before the whole craziness of Last Jedi to Solo would have been Rogue One to Last Jedi would have been like six months in between them. I wasn't ready. I needed more time. It's all a blur. I'm still laying in bed from Rogue One. I'm not ready to get up. <laughs> Rogue One's filming history also, though, was completely bonkers. Like that movie filmed for an eternity. Right. And that's how we got Michael Guacamole. Well, I remember when they did Celebration Europe and like Krennic came out with the Deaf Troopers and you go back and you watch that footage from Celebration Europe and you look at everyone on stage, they were still filming. Like Diego Luna still has like his Cassian like stubble and everybody's haircuts are like still like their movie haircuts. But that's why I was just thinking if it's like they have such such a small amount of time to finish the movie that maybe the John Boyega's hands are all dirty because they have him working on the visual effects too. And building sets. So it's like, okay, you're done filming? Okay, you got to build sets for tomorrow. When you're done with that, go help ILM render some scenes. Here's a hammer and some nails. Get to it. <laughs> so when you watch the movie and you see all the First Order people on their ships in front of the computer screens, those are actual ILM employees working on the movie <laughs> while they're filming it. <laughs> they're doing the visual effects on set. Yeah, because then it is. like It's a little bit of a shorter post-production time. A lot shorter. Because Last Jedi was over a year. Force Awakens was pretty much a whole year. If they're still filming into February, that's only 
right, 10 months until it's in theaters and they have to be done by end of November. When we finally see J.J. Abrams at the premiere, he's going to be bald with gray hair. Or he'll have like the Doctor Strange, just his sides went gray. He's At Celebration, he's just going to come out via hologram, like a big snoke hologram. They're just going to roll him out in a bed. J.J.'s sleeping. Don't wake him up. <laughs> we, want to, we want to show him to you crazy people. He's so tired. Well, I mean, we'll probably get a trailer like the day this episode comes out or something. But on the other hand, I also really wouldn't be surprised if the, the common thought is true that we're not going to get a trailer until April just because they got a lot of work to do on this movie. Well, what'll be neat potentially is maybe we'll be back to the first trailer. 50% of the shots don't end up in the final movie like we had for Rogue One and uh, Force Awakens. We'll get all these things that end up getting cut or changed by the time the uh, final film comes out. At this point, I would just love it if they just messed with us and just just shot bunker stuff that had no intention of ever being in the movie. Just to throw us all off. Ray slipping on some wet rocks and rolling down a hill or something. And Whoa! <laughs> Freddy Krueger is in it. What? Krennic's Force Ghost. Doesn't make any sense. What are you saying, JJ? I don't know. Every time they film a new movie, I still want them to do the Empire Strikes Back concept art trailer again. I still... It's like the last chance. The third time for the last chance with the, uh, the new trilogy. Just give us one concept art teaser some cool music so i would just love a trailer with cool music and just stills from the film just give us the equivalent of like the vanity fair article but just put it on the big screen put some star wars music over it and charge extra money just to go see the trailer yeah. i'd go yeah how come when the trailers come out no theater just plays them in like super slow motion and you can pay like 10 bucks and go in the theater and it'll just go like one frame every minute through the whole trailer and you can just sit there for two hours watch it frame by frame on the big screen uh, if we had our dream of the all star wars theater the week a new trailer came out you'd pay extra money to watch the slow-mo version it's two hours for a two-minute trailer it's just what i need people getting up high-fiving each other be a guy doing the worm down the aisle of the theater. It'd be like the McDonald's scene in Mac and Me. Okay, kid, let's get this gas contest going. He's here. What? Mac, he's in the tiny suit. He is? So long story short, we need some information. <laughs> it's been another week. We're not getting any better. Please. It's just getting worse. We're losing our minds. Each sold separately. Large size Darth Vader with his lightsaber. Princess Leia, champion of the rebel cause, with her defender Luke Skywalker. You can swing him into action on his grappling hook. And load Chewbacca's laser crossbow. Star Wars large size action figures, up to 15 inches tall and ready for action. Large size Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, each sold separately, new from Canada. Hey, this is actor and creature performer Details from a few of these Star Wars movies set in a galaxy far, far away. And you're listening to Blast Points Podcast with Jason and Gabe. May the force be with you. So Gabe, how much do you know about the Wookiee storybook? I know of it. I've seen pictures of it, but I have never actually read it. 
and I do not, unfortunately, own a copy of it. When did you first discover that it was out there? Probably just in the last few years, maybe. Like, it's, it's probably one of those things, like, if I was at a convention or something, maybe I saw it and was like, oh, look at that. And I, but I never really paid attention to it. Because I never had it when I was a kid. Yeah, so I'm not super familiar with it. What about you? You probably had, like, two copies of it. <laughs> no, weirdly, I didn't. But <laughs> it came out in 1979 along with two other kids-themed shorts. Star Wars books. There was um, there was a Wookiee storybook. There was the mystery of the rebellious robot, and there was a book called The Maverick Moon. And I had The Maverick Moon, but the Wookiee storybook, like I said, came out in seventy nine. It was written by Eleanor Earhart, and it was illustrated by Patricia Wynn. So, along with Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which came out in March of seventy eight. These books kind of were the first steps into Star Wars entering like a literary world and like the first beginnings of kind of the EU as we knew it. These were the first Star Wars books. One well, is Wookiee Storybook kind of like the sequel to the Holiday Special too, or at least it's in Holiday Special Universe with because it has with Chewbacca's family, right? It's kind of fascinating because it's the only thing that came out that acknowledges kind of the existence of the holiday special <laughs> directly like lumpy itchy mala they're all here they look like they did in the holiday special chewbacca's house looks like it did in the holiday special it's like holiday special part two it also is kind of like the original version of the holiday special where you look at some of that joe johnson concept art from the holiday special it was like lumpy and chewy traveling around the galaxy with like a telepathic device that could like, it was like a holodeck where they could go around and be like, let's go to other planets and see what's going on in other places in Star Wars world until it turned into like the variety show with Harvey Corman and all that stuff. And what's really interesting too is in September, 1979, a month before the Wookiee storybook came out, the Marvel comic series had a story called the Kashyyyk Depths which had similar information about, like, Kashyyyk having, like, a layered ecosystem that is in the, the Wookiee storybook. As you know, in 1979, everyone wanted to know about the ecosystem of Kashyyyk. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it's very similar today. It was like a shared universe where the comics were talking about what the books coming out were doing, and it was all kind of coexisting together. Sadly, I don't know if the, the mystery of the rebellious robot and Maverick Moon tied into anything else. I hope they did. But yet nobody talks about the Wookiee storybook at all. So what do you say we tune in to the first ever official Blast Points Wookiee storybook audio drama? All right. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away... Past the trillions of stars and meteors that fill the universe, the planet Kashyyyk shone like a giant blue globe. Kashyyyk was the dense jungle home of the Wookiees. The trees on Kashyyyk grew so close together that it was possible to walk on the tops of them. It was there, on the tops of the trees, that the Wookiees built their homes. It was an exciting day for the Wookiees. Chewbacca was returning home. 
He had been away on a three-year mission with Han Solo. Even more important, it was Chewie's 200th birthday, his bicentennial. Mala was planning a surprise party for Chewbacca. She had spent days cooking, but she wasn't able to make Chewbacca's favorite dessert, Waska Berry Pudding. <laughs> Only Chewbacca was... <laughs> stop, stop I didn't know Chewbacca loved... Is it Waska or is it Wasaka? Wasaka Berry Pudding. Oh, you're right. Okay, you're right. All right, I said it wrong. Star Wars. If I can't get Wasaka Berry Pudding at Galaxy's Edge, then they're not doing it right. Only Chewbacca was brave and skillful enough to gather the Wasaka berries. Because the berries rarely grew anywhere but in the dark, swampy lower levels of the jungle. Chewie's like the berry master. (laughs) It's like Wookiee strawberry shortcake. (laughs) Lumpy wanted to go down into the jungle to hunt for the berries, but Mala wouldn't let him. She said it was much too dangerous, so Lumpy was very sad. Itchy knew how to cheer up his unhappy grandson. He would tell him a story. But Lumpy's got to smoke his pipe before he can tell the story. (laughs) Well, and also in the illustration on this page, I think that's his... uh, His hologram machine? Yeah, his, uh, quote, hologram machine back there so and he's smoking his pipe and just staring at the ceiling (laughs) well you know itchy has had a long good life yeah anyways anyways he decided to tell lumpy how chewbacca would become a hero and the most famous wookie of all time lighting his pipe and puffing on it until it glowed brightly itchy began his story So here we go into the part where the Wookiees are talking, and we have to imagine that they're speaking the the Wookiee language, which is Shrewook, isn't that how you say it, I think? In the Wookiee storybook, it's translated into English. So So this is going to be itchy if he was speaking Wookiee language, but you're hearing it as English, but he's really speaking Wookiee language. Oh. A long time ago, the Wookiees came to Kashyyyk from another planet, said Itchy. <laughs> they did? I guess so. We're finding, we're finding some, uh, the truth, the true true. All right. All right. This is serious. This is serious. We're learning about the eco. Okay. <laughs> they quickly saw that the jungle planet was made up of different layers. The top layers... We're as beautiful as they are now, but oh, the lower layers, they were always dangerous, even as they are now. Our ancestors named the lower layers the Netherworld. Down there at the bottom of the trees lived many strange, ugly creatures in a horrible, oozing swamp. Book got real weird real fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the art got real weird because it was like it's before it was just cute pictures of Chewie's family, and now there's like this psychedelic swamp with a the creepy demon man peeking around a tree or something in the middle and <laughs> misshapen monkeys and stuff. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary down there. Okay, next page. The Wookiees lived peacefully on the treetops for hundreds of years, Itchy told Lumpy. 
But one dark day, strangers invaded our happy planet. The strangers were slave traders. They captured your father and many other Wookiees and took them in chains to their own planet far away. Han Solo was visiting that foreign planet when the slave traders arrived with our people. Itchy continued. Han hated the slave traders, and he hated seeing the Wookiees beaten and starved, so he decided to set them free. Solo attacked the slave traders, and the Wookiees joined the fight, and your father saved Han Solo from being choked to death by a huge slave trader. Itchy told Lumpy. Finally, all the slave traders were beaten, the Wookiees were saved from a lifetime of slavery. So, do you think that this book, that some people read this book when they were kids, and they had this story in their heads the whole time, like classic Star Wars? Because like, it kind of seems like when people are just like, I always imagined it, the story of Han Chewie being this way. And it's pretty much that. Maybe. Well, it's kind of crazy that the whole... Bosque, Tradosian, Trandoshians, or whatever, being Wookiee slave traders, is that all based out of this? Because in the artwork, like, Bosque didn't exist yet, but there's lizard people that are capturing the Wookiees and treating them like slaves. So, right? It had to come from this. When this book came out, I mean, Empire was being filmed. Well, that's true. But they don't, the art doesn't, I mean, I guess maybe they're just like, yeah, they get captured by lizard people. Let's continue. This is a gripping story. Han chose Chewbacca to be his official protector. Chewie would be Han Solo's co-pilot on all his missions. What a great honor for your father and for all Wookiees. But these missions have kept Chewie away from Kashyyyk for long periods of time. You must know he'd like to stay home more with you and your mother said Itchy. When he returns this time, he will be honored with a very special kind of party. It will be a bicentennial celebration, just like the ones they have on planets far, far away. Then he told Lumpy about one celebration that had a parade of great, tall sailing ships on the sea and fireworks in the sky. Okay, so this is kind of weird that... So basically they're talking about... What, the U.S. Bicentennial? Because in, in, in 1976? So everyone was still, like, on a, on a high from celebrating the Bicentennial three years earlier. And they were like, we're going to ride this Bicentennial train and keep the party going. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. And the Wookiees know about Earth. It's official. It's canon. You can look it up. Ask Pablo about it on Twitter. Tell him Blastpoint sent you. All right. Let's move on. Lumpy loved the story. He was so proud of his father. He wanted to be a hero just like him. Suddenly, he had an idea. The wasaka berries. He was sure he could find wasaka berries for the party, and he would be a hero. Lumpy ran upstairs to get a bucket from his toy chest. He didn't want Mala to worry, so he sneaked out of the house. As he walked along humming, Lumpy imagined that his berry hunt was an adventure on another planet. He made believe he was hunting the slave traders of long ago. Eh, eh, rap, take that! 
Lumpy said as he slashed at make-believe enemies. Lumpy was not supposed to go more than 200 meters away from his house, and he was supposed to stay in the upper levels of bushes and trees, but he couldn't find any berries near the house, so he kept going farther and farther away. He would have to go into the lower levels of the jungle to find the berries. He was frightened, but he did want to be a hero. Very carefully, he started to climb down, down, down. Is this the only drawing of a Wookiee butt that's, like, official? <laughs> there's some full-on Wookiee butt going here. Yeah, there's a great illustration of Lumpy going down, like, a rope ladder. And you get to see two things you've never seen before. The bottom of a Wookiee's foot and Wookiee butt, which is... His hair's not quite long enough to cover up all the butt. <laughs> <laughs> the trees grew thinner. Here and there, creepy things scurried behind clumps of shaggy bushes. There must be some berries around here someplace, Lumpy thought. Then Lumpy missed a step. Suddenly, he was falling down into the terrible swamp of the Netherworld. What a splash Lumpy made when he landed. A giant shiver went through his furry body when he saw where he was. He gave a loud Wookiee cry for help. <laughs> then he realized that no one could hear him. Poor Lumpy. The water was cold and slimy. The smell was horrible. And worst of all, scary looking creatures began popping their heads up all around Lumpy. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the house, Mala couldn't find Lumpy. She looked everywhere. She called and called. But there was no answer. She began to worry. <laughs> the illustrations has Mala going up to Lumpy's room. He's got his uh, bunk beds. And then she's like looking in like a cupboard where some Wookiee towels are. Mala went outside and circled the house, calling for Lumpy. But he wasn't there either. What if he was in trouble? What if he had fallen into the swamp? If only Chewie were home. Chewie! He was the answer. She would think a message to him. She couldn't send a message to Lumpy because he was too young. Only adult Wookiees have the power to send each other thought waves. <laughs> really? Itchy's pipe smoke is kicking in. <laughs> I like the picture. It's just Mala on, a por on like the porch around their house and there's just a little bird hanging out with her. That little bird is everywhere in Chewbacca's house. I think it's like the Force Owls watching things happen and Rebels. That's the inspiration for Chewie and the Porgs. Wookiees love birds. And they also speak to each other telepathically. Last Jedi stole everything from Wookiee Storybook. Better get some, some Thought Wave Wookiees going on in uh, Episode 9. Yeah. Ray can teach Chewbacca how to do it. Yes! Chewbacca taught Kylo how to do it. <laughs> Little Ben Solo learned it from Chewbacca. And that's how Ray knows Sherry Wook, even though she was raised on Jakku, because she's a Jedi and she can immediately pick up on Chewbacca's thought waves. It's all here in Wookiee Storybook. <laughs> this is one of the ancient Jedi texts that was in the tree. <laughs> the girl Ray already read the Wookiee Storybook. Best Yoda imitation ever. Mala closed her eyes and thought hard about Chewbacca. Man, 
it's like, it's like every night we've all been there <laughs> every morning every afternoon in the middle of a meeting at, at work hey okay, are you sleeping no just thinking hard about chewbacca <laughs> I'm thinking real hard about Chewbacca. She pictured him on the spaceship with Han Solo. Yeah, been there too. (laughs) (laughs) Then she sent out especially powerful thought waves to tell Chewie that Lumpy was in danger, that he might even be lost in the swamp. Mala kept her eyes shut tight and concentrated and concentrated. Okay, so because the Empire script already existed, or did Empire borrow this for Luke and Leia? It's all one big story. Lucas was reading this to his kids, and he was like, oh, that's a good idea. Uh, I like it. Aboard the spaceship, everything was in order. The nearer the craft got to Kashyyyk, the happier Chewie became. Han was happy, too. He smiled every time he looked over at his partner. Solo was going to stay on Kashyyyk for Chewie's bicentennial. Han knew about the surprise party, and he was looking forward to it. He was also looking forward to seeing Lumpy, who loved to hear the stories Han had to tell. Suddenly, Chewie let out a gigantic roar and jumped from his seat. Han was startled. Chewie seemed to be in pain, but nothing had happened. No explosives had hit the ship. No enemy craft was on the tracking screen. What is it, Chewie? Han asked with concern. Are you sick? Chewie told Han about the thought wave he had just received from Mala. What the hell does that mean? Han was horrified. The swamp? Chewie, we must act fast. At once, Han activated the ship's super-sensitive tracking camera. Why, Why aren't they using that in the movies? (laughs) Hold on, everybody. Let me get the super sensitive tracking camera. Still a chance in episode nine for Chewie to show Ray how to use the camera. I think I got it. Uh, Han twisted the dials, adjusted the controls, and focused the sights until a picture formed on the huge screen. There they were, the topmost trees of Kashyyyk. Han adjusted the controls again until the netherworld finally came into view. He twisted and turned the knobs, aiming the camera, looking for a spot where the trees were thin. Chewie covered his eyes with his huge furry paws. He couldn't watch. His little son might be in the oozy waters of the swamp, facing the creatures of the netherworld. Did this come out before or after Blade Runner? Before. So Harrison Ford controlling dials to zoom in on uh, video footage. <laughs> did, Blade, did Blade Runner just get that from Wookiee Storybook? Everything got everything from the Wookiee Storybook. There's nothing out there that wasn't influenced by the Wookiee Storybook. And that's just where Lumpy was, lost in the netherworld. He climbed out of the water and walked along the slippery, twisted roots of the swamp trees. He tried to think about wasaka berries and ignore the strange, frightening swamp creatures. He thought about his father. Chewbacca would never give up and neither would Lumpy. It wasn't long before the swamp creatures decided to investigate Lumpy. They started to creep closer and closer. Suddenly, a terrible round ball of a monster was right behind Lumpy. 
He saw it and forgot all about wasaka berries. Just as the dreadful creature lunged at him, Lumpy spotted a hollow log. He dived headfirst into it. The monster followed. Crash! It hit the side of the log and sank slowly into the murky swamp. Lumpy sat shaking in the bottom of the log. He was safe, but only for a little while. Okay, why in the next page is Chewbacca in a rocket ship? (laughs) We'll find out. We'll find out. Hovering in their spaceship high above Kashyyyk, Han Solo and Chewie had worked out a plan. Chewie would fly one of their explorer craft down into the Nether World. The craft was small enough so Chewie could maneuver it under the trees and through the bushes. So that's pretty much the escape pod that Rey takes in uh, Last Jedi. Only in this book, it, it looks like a legit rocket ship. Well, and then on the next page, it's shooting out of the back of the Falcon. It literally makes no sense with the size of it and the size of the Falcon. But isn't that kind of the same spot where Ray's little escape craft shot out from the Falcon in, in Last Jedi? Yeah, I think so. You know Ryan Johnson was reading Wookiee Storybook every morning. Drinking coffee, reading it, reading Wookiee Storybook. He's closing his eyes, concentrating, thinking about Chewbacca. <laughs> Thinking hard about Chewbacca. Ready, Chewie? Han called. Chewie answered with a nod and a loud Wookiee yell. Then off you go. Good luck. I'll be waiting with Mala. Han punched the catapult button, and Chewie's miniature rocket zoomed off into space. That's... Two, two things I never thought I would hear together, Chewbacca and Miniature Rocket. <laughs> you should at least have like a normal size rocket, if not like an extra large rocket. In only one minute, Chewbacca was in the atmosphere of Kashyyyk. Slowing down to planetary speed, Chewie zigged and zagged through the maze of plant life until he was almost down to the level of the netherworld. The only animal forms he saw were sinister, ugly creatures. Nowhere did he see the familiar furry form he was looking for. I'm always looking for the familiar furry form of Lumpy. I can never find it. Look for it every day, everywhere I go. In the shelter of his hollow log, Lumpy heard a whirring, echoing sound. His heart beat faster. Could it be? He poked his head out. It was an explorer craft. He climbed out of the log and waved frantically. The craft tipped its wings. Inside was Chewbacca. He had spotted his son. Lumpy would be saved. Chewbacca slowed the explorer craft and landed near Lumpy in the oozing swamp. He opened the hatch and Lumpy crawled in. Then Chewbacca fired the rockets and the ship zoomed up out of the swamp. Chewie hugged Lumpy, but then he looked at him sternly. Lumpy knew why. He tried to explain to his father that he just wanted to get some berries as a very special treat. Then Lumpy started to cry. I wanted you to be proud of me, he said. Chewbacca was quiet for a minute. Then he spoke gently to Lumpy. Lumpy, he said, you are a hero. (laughs) Even when you were afraid, you kept trying. That is what makes a hero. 
Lumpy beamed as the small craft turned and landed on top of the trees in front of their house. Mala was so happy to see Lumpy and Chewbacca that she forgot to scold Lumpy for wandering away. And besides, Lumpy couldn't have hurt her anyway. Hundreds of Wookiees were shouting, Surprise! Surprise! (laughs) Chewbacca couldn't believe it. He'd been so excited about coming home, he had forgotten it was his 200th birthday. What a party. Music, dancing, games, and of course, fireworks. The illustration, if you look on the right, there's like a like a little dessert buffet table. And it looks like Han Solo is hitting the jello mold cake really hard. Compare this to the to Solo on uh, Dryden's uh, yacht. Chewie knows a buffet when he sees one. He was hitting it Wookiee style. Also in this illustration, you've got shoot, you've got Wookiees playing guitars. You got Wookiees playing drums. There's an owl watching the party. <laughs> He's waiting for leftovers. And Ch- and Han's not talking to the to the Chewbacca family. He's making friends with another Wookiee. Maybe that's his Wookiee wife that George Lucas wanted him to have. That's his Wookiee girlfriend. I think George Lucas actually wrote this book. I think Eleanor Earhart er- is code name for Lucas. Yeah. If you rearrange the letters, it says I am George Lucas. Surprise, everybody! The banquet tables were piled high with the fruits and the leafy wild vegetables that grew in Kashyyyk. Steaming casseroles were surrounded by sizzling roasts and Mala's secret souffles. Wait a minute. Wasn't Mala making a souffle in with Chef Gormanda in the holiday? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's all connected. The seamless Star Wars universe. It's always been connected. Chewie put his arm around Mala. This is a wonderful party, he told them. I am home. Mala is here. And Lumpy and Itchy and Han and all the Wookiees. Nothing is missing. Right, Lumpy? Lumpy nodded and smiled. Only the Wasaka berries. He said as everyone laughed. Tell me about I think we just saw the end of episode nine. <laughs> like verbatim. Just replace Han with Ben Solo, who reunites Chewbacca with his family. That's how he redeems himself. I think we just uh, achieved a new level. I think we just leveled up. <laughs> well, the Wookiee storybook. Gabe, what are your thoughts? What, do you, what, what have we learned today? I have learned that if I ever see a copy of this again, that I'm going to immediately purchase it and keep it next to my bed so I can read it every night. I don't know. I'm a sucker for these these little goofy books because the art the art is so good. I could look at, at lumpy drawings all day, every day. So, yeah, I feel bad that it's taken me this long to finally experience the joy of the Wookiee storybook. I learned that I need to close my eyes and think really hard about Chewbacca more. That <laughs> <laughs> it's totally okay. This book says it's, it's, not, it's okay. Society tries to tell you that it's weird. It's okay. It's completely normal to just stop in the middle of your day and close your eyes and think hard about Chewbacca. Picture him in a spaceship. Maybe he'll come visit you. Mm-hmm. Send out your thought waves. Burger Chef introduces Star Wars Fun Meals for Your Kids. A hamburger, french fries, and Coca-Cola. Imagine how much fun your kids will have. 
Star Wars Fun Meals. Collect all seven. Only at Burger Chef. We love getting emails here at Blast Points at contact at blastpointspodcast.com. We love getting emails. Sometimes we're not as good as <laughs> reading them on the show as we would like to be. We get carried away with Wookiee storybooks and stuff. But we got one a little while back, right? Kind of right after Thanksgiving or so that is so good. We got to read it on the show. It's, it's too good. Yeah, so here we go from Robert Trammell, and it goes, Hey, Jason and Gabe, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I got turned on to your podcast at the end of this summer. I've blasted my way through more than 100 of your episodes while driving for Lyft and commuting. I'm a divorced dad and had my kids for Thanksgiving this year. I picked my kids, who I call my Wookiees, up at 6 a.m. and headed up to Harbor Springs, Michigan, from Canton, Michigan, to go skiing. After we lost any good reception from any top 40 stations... I turned on episode 148, The Sounds of the Empire Strikes Back, for our entertainment. I've told my kids about you guys, but they've never listened. You had my kids cracking up for the whole news segment. My gloves became a day-long joke on this ski trip. Then they learned about Ben Burt, which is where it gets funny. We passed Burt Lake on our drive, and of course, a Bee Burt joke was made. The sounds of our ski boots walking through the snow made a crazy weird noise, and my son thought Bee Burt would like to record it and use it in some way. Then, at the top of the chairlift, a boarder was sitting on the snow, and on the bottom of his board it read, Burton, for Burton Snowboards. But my son goes, you think that kid is a fan of Bed and Burt? All three of us lost it laughing. We listened to 146 and 147 on the drive home. They love you guys like I do, even after listening to that Anthony Daniels episode. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh. I I understand, yeah. Thank the maker that one ended. You should have pushed <laughs> you should have pushed the button sooner. Just kidding. Hopefully we'll be listening to you two years from now, headed up to make some turns on what looked like Hoth this year. Off to ride my bike through the trails in Canton this morning, 45 degrees and sunny. Reminds me of fall on Endor. Michigan is like a Star Wars movie. You can be in two different worlds in 24 hours. Keep up the good work and thanks for being part of our skiing turkey day. Happy holidays. Rob, Ethan, and Katie, the Wookiees in Canton. That's so good. So good. Thank you, Robert. I love it. Thank you, Ethan and Katie, too. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for making it through the Anthony Daniels Incredible Wonder Column in Space episode, too. We're still recovering from that one as well. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. say it every single week itunes reviews they help the show immensely at least i think they do 
Uh, no, I don't think anyone knows how that Apple Podcast magical list works, but we think if you leave an iTunes review, it helps the show move up those little ranks on there. And we just like always hearing from all you folks what you have to say about the show, how we're doing. So go on there, write a little something, and we will read your review on an upcoming show. And don't forget to check out BlastPointsPodcast.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and sign up for the Blast Point Super Chill Group to interact and share nonsense and craziness with all other Blast Points people. All the super fans out there. And thank you to everyone who has subscribed to our Patreon. It's been great to see everybody signing up. Thank you so much. It really helps the show and you get some extra bonus stuff. Yeah, right now there's still the episode dedicated to the incredible smash hit Aquaman and a full commentary for The Force Awakens. And next month in February, there's going to be some all new stuff coming on there that we can't wait to share with uh, those Patreon people. Well, and that about wraps up episode number 155 dedicated to the magic of the Wookiee storybook. Tell us what you thought. Tell us if you have the Wookiee Storybook at home. Let us know. Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz. You can also send us thought waves. <laughs> Please do. Close your eyes and, and think about blast points really hard. <laughs> if you want to imagine us in a spaceship, please do. You can imagine <laughs> us in our seats getting ready to watch episode nine because that's what we see when we close our eyes. So send those thought waves. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. May the force be with honor.